0: And we're back with another episode of Inspire AD. This is Max with my good buddy Justin Bissonette. We're just gonna keep convoying down the
1: road (laughs) with these shows. And this one's a fun one. This one is a fun mm-hmm. one, but you know what? We we use the term fun very loosely yeah.
0: because in reality, man, we were probably in a pretty dark spate. This is yep. the Empire Strikes Back portion Dude. of Inspire so Road to some extent. We have had a few Empire moments though, yeah. I think. Yeah.
2: But this this is the first major one. So this is right right off the heels of Clash at the Back. I wanna which I don't wanna brutal.
0: Do. I, I yeah, we we left off and I was sitting there going. Man, I don't know if I would want to do this anymore. I felt disrespected. I felt like no one cared about me. I felt like I was pouring myself into these events and just murdering myself. Biss was already there, too. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, maybe, maybe we should. I- you know what? Fuck this. I don't need to do this anymore. And instead of having Biss pull, pull me up by my bootstraps, he's just like, fuck yeah. Let's, 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 fuck let's him. burn hit- it down, baby. Yeah, let's hit the doomsday fuck device. Fuck so anyway, I go home and I sleep on it. And we're going to get into the next event. But first, I wanted to answer some questions that we got from a young listener by the name of Trenty Watford. Um, <laughs> I, got, I got a series of questions here that I, I wanted to answer. Typically, we get a lot of questions asking us about uh, events that occurred at our shows. We typically cannot answer those questions. Because if they're ahead of time, we don't you know, we don't want to spoil it. We, no no rather, spoilers, Rufus. We want those things to we want those things to unfold yeah. uh, as we actually address every event going forward. This is very much about the linear history of Inspire Pro. But if you can, have a question that is a general question, well, we're happy to answer it. Can I make a promise? Sure.
2: When we get to um, Ecstasy of Gold three, we'll go back and, and give you guys our favorite matches up to that point. But I think. That's the question that we get a lot. Like, what yeah. are your favorite? What are the top five? Uh, the top matches, right? L- let us do that in the, in the scale of a certain time period. Yeah. I'll make that promise. It,
0: yeah. We, we just cleared our first year. Yeah. Anyway, so one, one of the first questions that he asks is, what is the vision for the company going forward in terms of COVID safety? Uh, right now, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it seems like a lot of people out there, promotions, are just functioning as if nothing <laughs> hey, is fucking going keep, on.
2: Keep driving forward, if you know. Throw grandma underneath the bus if we need to, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I got to tell you... We're not comfortable just throwing a bunch of people <laughs> in a building. We don't think it's good for your safety. We yeah. don't think it's good for the workers. And when we come back, we promise it's going to be special. It's going to be huge. We're yeah. already planning for it. But right now is not the time. Yeah. I think if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. And, and it's going to feel like a big moment.
2: Yeah. I, And my statement has been, I want you to know that wrestling's back when we come back. You know that wrestling can be done right when we come back. And that may be a little egotistical, but I'm... I don't, I don't want to do wrestling half-assed.
0: My, my stance, too, is that you guys, the fans, are equally important to the energy and the quality of the shows. You guys are the battery that power these events. I just don't think a show is a show without fans going nuts. I've seen a lot of these no-fan shows it just isn't the same and it doesn't feel right. And y'all are just as important as the people in the ring in in a, in a big way, shape and form. Like you guys make us what we are. And
2: I I know I've said it before publicly at the shows. And and if anyone ever thought it was just blowing smoke up the ass, like you guys kind of hear like all the, the drama and bullshit that goes into getting to the show, those three hours with you guys, like you guys give us that escape there. That's not, it's not us just talking out of we're doing
0: we, we, we are we are very <clears throat> much symbiotic man we need yeah. we need you guys you guys enjoy what we do but the the thing that makes all the all the pain in the ass bullshit that we have to wade through in order to get to that three hours that the show runs man y'all's reaction that is yeah. that is our payday that that makes it big that makes it feel great and uh we're just not willing to do it without you that's, that's the long and short of it. Anyway, um, this is a question I'm going to ask Biss uh, that we got. Getting uh, nervous. Yeah. Palms who, are sweaty. Who is someone that hasn't been at Inspire Pro that you really want to bring in, local or out of state?
2: Okay. Um, I will say one of the matches that was always a dream match of mine that we did not uh, get to do would have been Matthew Palmer versus Johnny Gargano. Like that was always sort of on my list. I would agree with that. Now, if we're going to talk about you, you want to talk about current people, um, man, you're going to ask me to play my card. Envy um, Young is somebody that I see and appreciate. Um, one of the things that um, I would like to see more of is uh, trans representation. So um
0: I think I think you and I really wanted to work with Sunny Kiss for a yeah. Yeah,
1: so uh Sonny
2: Kiss is actually somebody that we had contacted and we, we just couldn't get dates to match up. Um but I think uh the chic out of California is very good. I think Jamie Senegal is a very good performer. Um still light with the apricots, touches on the Chikara connection and I think uh they are a very good performer um in that in that group, and then uh Chris Dickinson is somebody that I think is extremely talented It's somebody that we've looked at before but just hasn't worked out, so that may be somebody that I'd like to see us uh look at.
0: The next question actually was geared more toward me um, It's something that I've gotten a lot of flack for from time to time. The question is, how do you piece your stables together um this is fairly simple. I approach it from the concept of diversity in terms of having different people who work different styles all being a part of a team. I think that when you have two big, brute guys, it's a bit samey, and it really, it really relegates them to a certain pocket of people that they can work. But I think one of our greatest successes, which has not occurred yet in terms of the scheme of our shows, was uh davy vega and tim storm that was a really interesting pairing to me because and everybody shit on it i remember i remember i remember i caught so much crap for it but it ultimately wound up exploding but the concept was that you had this old school bruiser and tim storm and a younger guy who could work the more dynamic indie style and you put them together and when you did that you could have them work any number of opponents and really do a lot of different stuff so when you have different people that represent different styles all working together it means that you can drag different things out of different people and and
1: that's that's really where how i approach it it's sort of like building a swiss army knife right absolutely get all the
2: tools in there
0: uh this is a bis question or a question for bis rather what are the future goals and boxes that have yet to be checked off
1: and we were talking about one of these last night. Yeah. Um.
2: Man, I've got to play some of these close to the vest because uh, unfortunately
1: they will get stolen. That's yeah. I'm very much I'm very much reluctant to mention yeah. what
0: the idea I talked to you about last night. Yeah.
1: Um.
2: There's a few right. There's stuff that we want to get done. There's certain tournament styles that we want to want to use and get done. Um, man, can can I leave it at that? Like,
0: yeah, you can. um, Should I talk about the idea I talked with you last night? Talked with you about last night? Or should I? Should I? Should I hide it?
2: I mean, you make the call on that. No, you. Sorry, sorry to make this uh, a non-answer, but yeah, which we just kind of that stuff we have to kind of um, guard. Guard. It's Uh, called
0: it's called intellectual property theft, and it happens a lot in wrestling. (laughs)
2: Yeah. So. Indiv- individually, which I know uh, Max would probably not be super interested in, so this would probably have to be something I would have to, to do solo. Um, I, I do like the work style that Max is not super high on, um, so I would like to see a tournament of that style. But who knows? It, it might work within the context of us, too. Um, that's about the only one I'm willing to, to float out there. Go ahead and talk about about yours.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Um... I really want to do a show that happens on a party barge. And maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. I know a lot of people kind of look at me crooked when I say that I want to do this, but I have a lot of great ideas. Uh I really want I really want to I really want to do a show that doesn't have a ring, but I want to do it in the most unique way possible. And I know that we've we've looked at a lot of different venues that have a lot of different uh things to offer. Yeah. But yeah, that's something I want to do. I've not been able to do a so, no ring show and so I
2: really le- want to do a no ring show. So if you want to be like one of 50 people on a party barge while wrestling is happening, let us know. Like <laughs> let us know and we will make it happen cuz yeah, that that's been one. Yeah, somebody that I didn't mention earlier would have been a Casanova Valentine in the the no ring type situation. Yeah. Somebody I've worked with before but not uh directly for Inspired yet and definitely somebody that uh I see a lot of value in.
0: I really just want to do weird stuff. This is not a big fan of weird stuff, but I really want to bring I want to do more character work. I think in the downtime that we've had since the pandemic began, I've I've had a lot of time to review what I initially set out to do and I think in my own head I've really I've really started to rediscover a lot of the things that I loved about our initial product and I'd really love to bring them back. I really, I think one of the, one of the questions that I had was like, what did you have initially in mind for the great depression? And, uh, I really wanted to bring in a lot more masked, colorful characters. I really wanted to do a lot weirder stuff, but I wanted to present the weirder stuff in tandem with the stuff that's darker or more serious and really just put on good matches with these colorful characters and, and really utilize them in a way where you don't know how, how, you don't know the ceiling of these characters or how far they can go.
2: Yeah, and I think reviewing these first few shows and then the sh- the next era that we're going to get into here uh, fairly shortly, um, just the top guys locally, main eventing the show and carrying the show was something that we did a really good job of. And while branching out and, and pulling in people from all across the country um, over the past couple of shows, and we'll get into why that happened, but um, was great. There's a certain pride when I look at shows that are headlined by two local guys and carrying the show. So
0: there's a there's a film series uh, that's uh, by the name of Undisputed, and I guess in a lot of ways that it, it, that's that's a strange model in my head for how wrestling should work. And if you've never seen one of those films, they're all films that take place in prison, and you always have your your protagonist, your good guy, and he's always facing the mountain, the antagonist, the guy that, that, you know, that that could probably take him out, and of course the good guy always overcomes the bad guy. And then whenever the the sequel occurs, it's always the protagonist becomes uh, you know, he fades off and the antagonist who lost the last fight becomes the hero of the next movie. Uh, I, I've always looked at our company as an incubator company. I've like to think that we do a good job of building talent. And if we use names that we bring in, we always try to help them build the talent. I think a lot of times when you see you're not just going to see the boogeyman beat the shit out of a local heel. Yeah. You're seeing you're seeing us present local names on par with these talents that we bring in so that you A, you feel a little bit of pride yeah. that you're there at the ground the ground floor but also, it helps build that talent. It gives them an opportunity to work somebody who's, you know, beyond them in maybe some sense.
2: Yeah. And learn. They, they have room to grow, and you, you get to watch them grow.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's what we're going to keep doing. Anyway, from this hopeful spiel, we plunge into the <laughs> darkness that is no turning uh, back. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know. Like I said, I'm pretty sure it happened where... This was like, fuck yeah, man, let's pull the plug. And I went home, I slept on it. I woke up the next morning and probably called him and said, man,
1: fuck you, we're not quitting. Or just shot me out the card. It was like, hey, let's do this. (laughs) Something along those lines. Probably
0: not, though. Um, (laughs) I was probably irritated, but said, no, man, I'm not quitting.
1: So we had sponsors on this show. We did. Which
2: was awesome. Yeah. So we had um, Rooster, Rooster Tooth or Rooster Foot.
0: For this event, we had Chicken Ranch Records, which is run by Michael Dickinson. Uh, he had been somebody who'd come to the shows. I'd worked with him as a music promoter myself. i you know, done shows with his bands. <clears throat> uh, Chicken Ranch Records, of course, the purveyor of uh, P. Lander Z, who we have always aspired to do something with on some level, and it just never never worked out. Maybe someday that's something I'd probably love to do. Yeah. I think everybody would love to do something. Yeah. In fact, we've had P Lander Yellow at uh
2: multiple shows. Multiple shows. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and then we also had the Austin Drive Safe app. Yeah. That, that I don't think exists anymore, but
0: Yeah. The idea that we'd have somebody there who could uh if you had a few too many, which yeah. tends to happen at our shows, yeah. have somebody that could take you home. Yeah. Precursor to Lyft and things like Uber.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, very cool. We were, you know, like sponsors when we looked around some of the other promotions, right? Um, we would go to these little podunk shows that had like eight or nine local sponsors and it's like it's always been something that we fought we fought for, so. We
0: fought for, but we were never really adept at, at wrangling on uh, yeah. uh, uh into into doing business with us, but it was it was a nice change of pace here. But anyway, yeah. just so, going into this so you understand by the way, This another thing that might have also forced us to do this show was the fact that this was another one of those XXD events that that had uh, had a certain somebody calling (laughs) certain shots. And so I think we were probably also in some ways obligated to this show in a way like if we were probably going to quit or pull the plug or whatever, it probably wouldn't have been this show that we did it on. It probably would have been a a little bit down the line if we were going to make an exit.
2: I think it, there may have been plane tickets purchased for this, yeah. from you know that person. Uh, who knows? I think but this yeah. is also, or we just got guilted into it.
0: This is well. This is also one of those shows where it's not like the first XXD bill, where I had to fight for slots in order to make sure that the show was um, something that people actually wanted to see. I think yeah. I just came in here and said. 'Cause I'm irritated at this point, right? And I yeah. think I basically just said, No, fuck you. This is what we're doing. It, you can have your women's slots, but yeah. this is we gotta make money, we gotta pay for the venue, we yes. gotta do this. So I'm gonna put my shit on the card and if you don't like it, you can go kick so rocks. I
2: can tell you exactly. So we had a carload from Florida agreed upon already going into this show. Oh yeah. So my dumb fucking honor system would have probably came into play and said, No, we, we have to honor this commitment. Um, so yes, uh, Mia Yim, Leva Bates, and Sola Darling were coming in from Florida. They came in as a carload, which helped us out immensely on travel costs.
0: Absolutely. And I think honestly, um, I may have been the driver behind Mia being on this card because I was a huge Mia Yim fan and I really, really wanted to work with her. Yeah. I remember seeing her, uh, Wrestle Live. I I rem I rem- I remember being really blown away when I saw her and ACH work together at ACW. That was a phenomenal match. I didn't just perceive her to be a women's wrestler. I perceived her to be just a phenomenal wrestler. And so, to me, she was somebody that I wanted to bring in to just work a certain style of match that I envisioned for the what would be our women's division. Yeah,
2: I I'll pull the curtain back here a little bit. I have been a huge Mia Yim fan since. Probably her first year in wrestling. I remember Rachel Summerlin going to a New Jersey show and me asking if she would pick up a Mia Yim DVD if she had one Um, way back in the day. So, yeah, a big fan. And she was uh, she was on fire at this point. So this was well. And we'll get into this when we get to the main event. Yeah. Um. So but we start the show off with Nigel Rabin managing Eric Ortiz. And this is a phenomenal creative idea that, um, unfortunately, didn't get going before we could really get going.
0: Yeah, so I guess I'll explain it. Um, so Nigel Nigel Rabbit is a manager who is uh, purportedly British, and he he works all over Texas, and he has the Rabbit Empire. And we decided to give him a shot, Matthew Palmer I believe was a real big advocate of working with this guy. And so we began to bring uh, Nigel in and we were, the, the idea was that we were going to bring in another manager to manage another faction within the company. And of course utilize some guys that we weren't quite sure what to do with but that we were really high on. Eric Ortiz, phenomenal in the ring. Um, he does not really speak English very well or did not at this point. And so the idea of p- pairing him with somebody who could be a mouthpiece really made sense. And the concept here was that Eric was to me when I see Eric I don't I don't think he'll there's something really he's really sweet. He's a yeah, really he's sweet guy. Like
2: sweet cheeks. Yeah. Right? He, like he just has these smiley he's cheeks.
0: He's kind of he's kind of cherubic and, and and just a really friendly looking dude and and he's amazing in the ring and he epitomizes the whole idea of this action figure that can fly around the ring and do crazy things. And I think when you see guys like that, you're not really inclined to boo them ever because they do shit that makes you pop. So I had this concept that we were going to bring Eric Ortiz in under Nigel Rabbit. And Eric, not speaking English, he would go in and he would deliver this very smiley, happy promo in Spanish, of course. Yes. And then Nigel would (laughs) interpret and translate it as something just really fucking horrible and brutal and mean-spirited. But, of course, the audience members uh, that spoke Spanish would know what he was saying. So people would eventually catch on people would know exactly what was going on yeah. so the idea was to have this manager who interpreted for uh, an international star and uh, basically say the opposite of what he was saying and eventually this would lead to eric spiraling off from the burgeoning rabbit empire stable that we had here and it would give it would give nigel a foil that's yeah. what we were working toward that was the idea
1: yeah and so this match was For a mystery prize... Let's go down the list of people who are also in this. The
0: Great Depression. Let's set it up first. Yeah. So So, we have the Great Depression in this match. uh, The Void. The Void, who has previously been played
1: by... Mike Dell. Mike Dell. Followed by Matthew Palmer. Matthew Palmer.
2: And we have Gigolo James Johnson, the aforementioned Eric Ortiz, hence why the promo happened right before this match. Yeah. Kyle Hawk. Yeah, I want to get to to ken last okay Okay. and Shawn michaels first wrestling match ken johnson (laughs) in a six-way scramble now you have to uh, describe ken ken is ken is a burly burly old man um was the viking ken johnson for a long time when he worked for vincent mcmahon senior um he also, really, he yeah. really has
0: like a hills have eyes kind of villainous yes. uh, quality to him. He's wearing this big furry vest and he has a chain and yeah, and he is he is like Appalachia bad guy.
2: Yes, very much so. And I think he's from Minnesota, but, you know, whatever. And then, yeah, it has been wrestling since the 70s. Holy yeah. shit has been wrestling since the 70s. Yep. Right, late 70s. Um
0: great great guy though. People he's like yeah. one of those guys you see and because he sticks out people just really latch on to him. But he didn't really wrestle for us much. He was when he when he came back with for us, he mainly managed. Yeah. And at this
2: point um he the major thing that he's doing is offering uh, training classes to anyone in San Antonio that will just show up at the gym. Yeah. like uh, So he's he's really got this cool um, giving back thing going on at the time and just is a wealth of knowledge um, and a lot of fun stories.
0: So storyline-wise, this is a six-man elimination match and there has been a, an announcement at the start of this match, which is that the winner of this match will receive a prize of High monetary value. Yeah, that's that's the exact wording. High monetary value. And nobody knows what the prize is. And uh it is revealed though at the end of this match when Gigolo James Johnson.
2: So we gotta uh, go over this match, because this okay. match is is a spectacle. Okay. So there's a moment where Kyle Hawk is laid out. On the uh, the outside, knocked out cold. Uh, so he he's out on the outside. You then have Brent McKenzie coming in and attacking Great Depression, which then leads to.
0: I'm, I'm trying to write the ship with depression after the whole whole Honky Kong yeah. mess, and Penny Arcade is not available anymore because she's really focused on touring with her band. Actually,
2: yeah. so. At the XXD show, we actually, uh, d- d- the wrestler that plays Depression is injured and can't make it. And we actually write him off saying that he has been detained at the Rot Rally.
0: So basically, Depression has gotten out of jail after being arrested at the Rot Rally. Why he was there, we don't know. The, the, Why wouldn't he be? Yeah, <laughs> but, but I guess the story is that, yeah, he's there and Brent McKenzie, who has kind of like the pseudo-biker look, is... is, is like taking he's apparently he was at rot too yeah. and they got into it there and now he's getting his revenge in this match yeah so ken johnson it, and Britt McKenzie are brawling <laughs> with red scare and great depression outside of the ring kyle it, hawk is quote-unquote knocked out yeah go on continue it, it's just
2: this this beautiful chaos and then
0: we got to get to the void wrinkle
2: yeah so then um in all this chaos void basically lays down for gigolo james johnson And Gigolo James Johnson pins the Void and is the winner, and he wins the prize, which is...
0: You get to join the new movement (laughs) with Chris True. And of course, Void is revealed to be Cherry Ramones, who is a member of the new movement. Clearly a ruse, as Void has laid down for Gigolo James Johnson, but... Obviously, this was done to cajole Gigolo James Johnson into being forced by contract to join Chris True's new movement. And this was obviously done because he insulted Chris True yes. at the last event by jumping out of his Star Search Battle Royal and flipping him off and walking away.
2: Now, you you have to remember how this was revealed. Keith Lee and Delilah Doom roll onto stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The audio video cart, which is the yes. old tube style oh TV, God. and uh, a, a true nod to Max. Keith Lee pulls so Chris out... Drew, Chris True wasn't available for this show. Yeah, he was in uh, New Orleans.
0: Yeah, and we had to record this message at time. So, yes, there, we had an AV cart with an old, like, uh, NTSC TV and a VCR. And Chris had recorded the message on a VHS tape. And we record, and then Doom and Keith pushed the TV out. And, of course, they hold the mic up to the TV as Chris True's head pops up, <laughs> Max Headroom style, on the TV.
2: Yes. And, and, <laughs> and announces... Uh, what jigs has won, and
0: then Gigolo basically just crumbles, <laughs> screaming no, in the middle of the fucking ring. Yeah. Uh, uh, hilariously, that piece of Inspire Pro memorabilia, the audio cart, is currently in my children's playroom. <laughs> it's where uh, it's where their TV sits now. Anyway, that was a great creative moment. I was very proud of that because of just the sheer absurdity. There were a lot of moving parts, and the thing is, is that sometimes. When I do things like this, people go, no one could tell what was going on. But the thing is, is that there are four sides to a fucking ring and a lot of people tend to be really myopic when a lot of things are going on and they're on the inside. They just think no one's going to know what's going on. It's like, no, the people who are seated near the entrance are going to see this and the people who are across the ring are going to see something different. And it's, it's, there were four sides to this and people saw something different each, each portion of the crowd had a different storyline that they were yeah.
2: following Well, and the the chaos opened up the availability for the other chaos to happen yeah um i loved it yeah. i, I love doing this which is
0: weird stuff. because it's definitely a silly it's a sillier moment yeah it's a it's a it's a it's something that i've never actually seen done where somebody uh s- somebody is tricked into winning something that they don't want yeah um but it was it was it was a, it was a great hot it was a hot opening
2: yeah yeah So we go into match two, which we've talked about the match two slot before. Um, And at this point, I think we had had enough creative moments or meetings where we had talked about match two and what match two meant and what to put there. And it kind of came up that, hey, our crowd's fairly intelligent and they pay attention to a lot of things. They're going to catch the drift that they can kind of ignore match two if we don't put something hot in there.
0: I didn't I, I didn't want like that that yeah. I didn't want that sleeper match there. You know, yeah. I wanted I wanted I I wanted to do away with that. A lot of the times people will not show up early to shows because a lot of companies will put put on the greener guys, they'll give somebody a dark or a tryout match. I did not want to do that. So we had settled into this pattern of giving everybody this crazy opening match always, so people knew they needed to be there yep. before doors open. If you want a good seat, if you want to make sure that you don't miss something crazy, show up early because if you miss that first match, you're screwing yourself and you're not getting your dollars worth. Yeah. And then from there though, there, we kind of had like this come, we had this dip, a come down match periodically, and yeah. and I wanted to uh, really live up to a t-shirt slogan that had been recently born, which was yeah. all killer no, no filler. filler
1: that was our that was our ethos our slogan yeah so we
2: and if you recall from the last xxd centered show i had mentioned my creative on the athena and jessica arcs was to give them young girls and then to follow up with them working the young girls and then coming back yeah so unfortunately serena mercury didn't work out but we have the other half of that so that still kind of survives here we have athena versus cat green and we knew that we knew that Athena was not going to have a bad match. <laughs> it just wasn't going to happen yeah, at this Athena point. Yeah,
0: Athena now Ember Moon she, yeah. in
2: WWE. And she, uh, at this point, was working AIW. I think she may have been their champion by this point. Yeah. If not, was on the top of their cards, was you know on the top of Shimmer cards, was... One of the an, best. An indie period. star, right?
0: One of the best, period. Yeah. <laughs> ever. One of the best women's wrestlers I've, I've ever seen, I think.
2: So we have... One a of the theme- best wrestlers, period. We have Athena and Kat Green, and we know this is going to be great. So we put it in this slot. We don't want a doldrum match here. All this lines up, except for the fact we never informed Athena of
0: this. <laughs> yeah, she basically... She was pissed at yes. me. In particular... Um, and Matt had to kind of kind of couch that with me and said, hey, she's pissed. But yeah. this was – and by no means was this supposed to be a come-down match. It wasn't yeah. supposed to be a bathroom break match. I wanted to come back from this chaos moment at the start of the show with something that was very pure wrestling but also kicked ass. And so I put it there because yeah. I knew that I was going to get something that oh, was going
2: to – Oh, and did we ever. Yeah. That's, I mean – this is what we wanted our women's division to be, me and Max at least. Um and Athena has something to prove in this match. She is obviously going, "All right, I see your fucking match too." And like <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's, a,
0: it's it's definitely it's definitely hate wrestling. It's, it's middle finger, but it's like uh, Yeah, I, it's, I didn't I didn't really I didn't really lose out. in fact, yeah, we got it, it, we got a great match. It accomplished what I wanted, but it also there wasn't really another match that I could put there that that it it made sense where it was there was really nothing else on the card that would have fit there i really wanted female representation in that slot but i also wanted to put on one of the strongest female matches that we could and i didn't want it to be a, a, a i didn't want it to be a bathroom break match yeah. i wanted i wanted this show to really just hit the ground running and go crazy because we'd had moments where the female wrestling on the show wasn't our best foot forward and this was what I think epitomizes what we really wanted the women's division to be.
2: Yeah. So up next is a a new team.
0: Kenny Steele and Payday, yep. two guys that I was really uh, excited to use. I was a big Payday fan. Um, and they take on the Hollywood Knives in this continuing saga <laughs> of uh, Bradley Axel Dawson and Steve Areno. Uh, Entering a contest where Bradley is always somehow unceremoniously knocked out, leaving Steve-O to wrestle the majority of the match alone. And I believe that this is the show where Just Steve begins. Yes. Where the crowd begins to chant just steve because people are catching on with the brad stuff and they're starting to go oh you fucking piece of shit because they know they in fact there are a few moments where bradley is peeking periodically in this match where you can see him he's kind of like lifting his head and looking up and then when steve looks back he just acts like he's knocked out it's becoming very obvious that brad is shucking his work and making steve do everything and this is moving us where we really want to be And um, with these characters, people are loving it. People are eating it up. Steve-O is coming across like a million bucks. He's getting just Steve, just Steve from everybody in the crowd. And every time Steve wins, people go nuts. So this is really where steve Omania is running
2: wild. (laughs) Yeah, and just Steve picks up the victory again here. Now, uh, Payday is somebody. I I had brought Payday into Anarchy. um, And he, he was not able to stick there for whatever reason um so it was and we had had kenny steel in some of the battle royals before so this was a good chance to get his actual tag team into into the company and and give them a look
0: yeah i just don't think there was a we were working toward trying to build a tag division up, but it just really wasn't there there wasn't a lot of there weren't a lot of spots yeah um but anyway, that, this, was, this was a fun match. And it was really just about the Hollywood Knives at this point, though. Yeah. you know.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we go into Delilah Doom versus Solo Darling. And on paper, this was, was a great matchup as far as character stuff. Um, this was something Stroud really pushed for. It was the bright, bubbly Doom, the bright, bubbly Solo. Uh, unfortunately, both were extremely young at this point. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's okay. It's a fun match. Yeah. It's it, you know, it's 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 kind of gimmicky.
2: Yeah. So, it, but it relies on more of that than than some of the
0: other. This, stuff did this that, have the Lego finish? Doesn't she dump out a bag of Legos or something like that? It's just a fun, bubbly match. Yeah. Gave Brandon something to go home and. Roll around now, in bed too. Now I,
1: I will say uh, Solo did put in some work to film some promos and stuff she to did hype great. it up. So yeah, both, that was both, actually both,
0: both of the girls actually highly appreciated. Both of them delivered some really fun promos leading up yeah. to this that actually really promoted the hell out of the match. Really got their characters across. Solo did phenomenal character work. Delilah did phenomenal character work. Um, and so yeah, this you know this this was a great little diamond. On the card, just for the just for the promotional elements alone, but it was a, it was is a fun match. It was what it was. So from
2: that, we have Keith Lee's first single match. So Keith Lee has won a battle royal, and now he has is wrestling Matt Riot.
0: This is uh, a <laughs> this is me being really fucking mad uh, when I booked this because Keith Lee actually, I believe. Talks shit on Matt Riot for being for being dumb in the battle royal and jumping over the top ropes really echoes how I felt I just didn't understand why look if it's an over the top battle royal the last thing you do is jump over the fucking top rope so I really wanted Keith to kind of drive home that he was this intellectual and he despised stupid <laughs> people and so here he is going you don't jump over the top rope you idiot but anyway this is this is Keith Lee really giving people a taste of what he does Matt, Matt is a more of a traditional cruiserweight style yeah. wrestler, and so you have this massive of man wrestling this smaller guy, but also keeping up with him athletically.
1: Yes, that's that's really well, what this match was designed it, to do. It really helped Keith showcase his athleticism too.
0: Absolutely, that was right. the point. That was the point yeah. of the match, uh, but also just so that we could kind of go, "Hey, this was a dumb thing that happened on the card. Let's address it." Yeah, uh, which I I love doing. We actually also get to another moment later on where we address something that happened at another car on another card that I thought was really stupid. Yeah. But we we kind of I think fixed it. Played so, on it.
2: So um after this match and if you watch it on high spots you won't know this, but there is a match between um Gabe Roach and Thomas Shire.
0: We've introduced Gabe Roach as Greg Simons um Greg Simons uh Bodyguard. Bodyguard. So I have to kind of throw some clarity on this. We had Scott Summers as this very pure wrestler carrying the WCCW uh, replica belt, which symbolizes Texas Purity. And what we were doing was we were moving toward having Thomas Shire and I believe Scotty Santiago also become part of this trio. And we're going to call them Oni. And we were going to give them these weird kind of demon masks. And uh, they were going to wrestle a very, you know, pure Japanese style. And I don't remember who we were going to put with Greg. But Gabe Roach yeah. was the start of Greg Simon's stable. And I believe at the last event, Gabe Roach actually beat Scott down.
2: I yeah, they they jumped him after yeah, the match. Yeah, they jumped
0: him after the match. You know what? Yeah, that's... Was it Scotty or Ricky that we were going to put with Scott?
2: I think it was Scotty. Okay, because he was kind of.
0: I know Ricky was supposed to be involved yeah. with that angle, though we didn't re- fully realize it. We didn't do yeah. it, but anyway, yeah. So this is this is a this yeah. is a bummer.
2: We're heading that way. Uh, Gabe has started training for wrestling again. This is the first match. Back and, and unfortunately, into um, the match, blows his knee out. Um, the you know, Gabe. Uh, this is where the traditionalist in me hurts. But Gabe's scheduled to go over, and they make make it work, right? So Gabe still goes over, but he has no knee. Um, and basically, you know, tells us after the match, you know, shit. I when I talked to my wife, I was like, hey, if I get hurt, then I'll. That'll be it. So one match in, kind of that's it
0: and in the process wound up actually kind of kind of derailing Shire um, because it was very clear that Gabe was hurt Gabe going over injured on a face doesn't look great but also it would have been great if Thomas had been able to somehow it it should have they should have called an audible and Gabe should have laid down and Thomas should have went over that's the way it should have worked and in the future guys make it work if if someone knows yeah. if you know that you're hurt, man, yeah. go out go out on your back. And, and I <laughs> think know?
2: I think it was a deal too, where Gabe Gabe said, "Hey, it's bad. Go ahead and pin me." And Shire Shire wanted to make sure that what was on the paper was done. Yeah. Okay, so.
0: Yeah. But yeah, so uh, this really kind of derailed plans for the Simon Stable that we were building, and uh, some uh, we'll get to other things yeah. that occurred, but the initial the initial idea was that Scott was going to continue to carry this Texas purity belt with Scotty and Shire as his seconds, and they were going to do kind of a free bird thing. They're going to have this very kind of ominous dark look as Oni and defend this title, but they'd also function as a trio to fit into this whole idea of doing like a trio's cup down the road. Obviously, things did not work out as they are they they sometimes things go wrong you yeah. know you sometimes you book things long term but it doesn't work out the way you want but that was initially what we were going to do and that's why gabe roach never came back yeah
2: so speaking of things going wrong oh
0: <laughs> okay yeah
2: let's let let's, let's get in the first part of this and then before we i'm going let you i'm
0: gonna let gonna... you take the bull by the horns here buddy
2: oh my god so um rachel Summerlin was my that's my wrestling mom right um when I broke in, if it wasn't for Rachel, I wouldn't have had an opportunity to really break in. Uh, so she's been helping out on commentary a little bit. At this point, I think this is where she decided she was going off in the sunset. Which, I mean, if we're going to be honest, is a lot of where my, hey, I'm going to go off in the sunset comes from, you know. You're following um, mom. Yeah. You know, she was not going to come back to wrestling. Um, she was carrying her first firstborn at this point. Um right, she's she's ready to to go be mom. Go be a real mom, right? So she auctions off what she has left of her merch and her gear, and um
1: she's never really had a chance to say goodbye to the wrestling fans, so she wanted that opportunity. She
0: was very unceremoniously unseated from A C W, which I think really really led to a lot of people souring on the company. It certainly the, the the quality of the company certainly declined when she left because you just had one guy's ego uh steering the ship. Uh, uh Rachel was someone I really wanted to work with creatively, but be be just the direction of her life I don't think yeah. really jived with with it. I think her interests were somewhere else at this yeah. point.
2: And and it was time to go explore those interests. Right? <clears throat> yeah. So she she says her farewell. It's it's a, it's a great a moment, a emotional. To uh goodbye. And um, the uh, the bookmarks interrupt towards the end, and I remember when when I watched this back, I was like, "What the fuck were we thinking that we would have agreed to this?" Um, but however, after they interrupt, uh, Jessica James comes out and cuts what I think is probably Max's favorite Jessica James promo and basically dresses all three down <laughs> like mm-hmm. how fucking dare you you haven't had a cup of fucking coffee um i'm going to show you what being a real wrestler is which is right up the alley of what we really we, we basically killed the bookmarks that was right that
0: was the idea it was really yeah. it was really there to kind of um again write the ship
2: yeah so uh, going into this match is a It's a three-way dance for the... A spot in a three-way dance for the XXD women's title. The first match, as you'll recall... Um, Angelus Lane broke both their wrists... So it ended up just being Athena and Veda Scott. Veda Scott was injured in the match... And... Um, Ath- Athena won, but it was, it was clunky. So... Before this show... Andy Dalton and Miss Dyslexia go on a week-long wrestling tour that includes stops in Memphis and uh, up for the uh, the Chris Brothers in Cincinnati and uh, Mississippi, I believe. And I think in Mississippi, literally the night before our show, Miss Dyslexia uh, has a high-grade concussion. Um, To the point where I tell her that she should not wrestle. Um,
1: Stroud proceeds to throw a hissy fit. Because he cares. Yeah, because... (laughs) Fuck. I mean, I I didn't
0: say what he cared about. Yeah, yeah. He clearly
1: is not a a people person. So he throws a fit because, well,
2: it's supposed to be three ways. And the, the first one already got screwed up. And now this one got screwed up. There's no reason she should have been in that ring um at some point I walk off and I come back and she says I'm just gonna do it, it which really pissed me off cause it probably meant Stroud went and fucking Bitch. cried to her right so she 100 we would have paid her and she, just to sit out and be healthy um and Lexi is a nurse so in the grand scheme of things, like this dumb three-way match is not worth her brain, right? But for you know, against my fucking better wishes and better judgment, this goes on as a three-way. Um, it's Casey Warfield, Lexi versus Jessica James. Lexi is already in there with a grade one, a high grade concussion. So, the idea is to keep it as centered around Casey Warfield and Jessica as possible. Less than two minutes within the start of this match, there is a spot on the top rope that Jessica James falls to the floor and takes a flat bat bump on the concrete.
1: This was was
0: a... The air was just sucked out of
1: the room. Mm -hmm. So, this
2: leaves... Uh, Lexi and Casey Warfield in the ring alone staring at a Jessica James that we could be paralyzed, yeah, for all we know. So, um, I mean, in this at this point, uh, Lexi starts to work with Casey Warfield um, and even screams out. After Casey Warfield says, "What the hell are you doing? I want to win the match. I want to be the champion." Okay. So they wrestle around a little bit. Jessica recovers somehow. God knows fucking Wolverine fucking skills. Yeah. And re-enters the match, uh, beats the shit out of both of them, wins and uh and comes back. Stroud's biggest thing was well, Lexi fucked it all up by attacking her stablemate. Okay, so the judgment of the girl that had a concussion is what you're going to call in the, that you begged
1: to be she in this co- match. She
0: covered. She covered yeah. and did. She yeah.
1: did the best she possibly could so, to help
0: get the story on track. But, and yeah.
1: But that's what you're going to fucking
2: attack? Not not to you know. So luckily, Jessica was not uh, majorly injured. Um we we really got lucky but this was sh- as a promoter this is the shittiest situation times two we had just had gabe bro be injured in a match now we had potentially jessica being injured um i i felt horrible as a promoter at this point mm-hmm. like the, it's the worst fucking thing that can happen at a show and you know it just it just feels like the wheels are coming off um yeah, so um, in a weird backdoor way, we've buried the bookmarks here. Um, you know, at, at no fault to any of the uh, the talent involved, almost squarely you know at the fault of the person writing this it can, bullshit can
0: conceptually flawed at the start yeah. however we we do need to kind of drive that home and we have i think going yeah. going i mean,
2: through this this whole you, you guys have heard the whole time out our <clears throat> thoughts on the missteps of this and and how frustrated we were with it but Absolutely. this is where it all kind of comes to a head and and you know if, if it had been structured better or if this group had been structured better um we wouldn't be in this situation and we shouldn't have been gambling with those pieces. Like, just one of the few things that I am embarrassed is is part of our history.
0: Yeah. Anyway, going into the next match, it is an Inspire Pro Junior Crown Title match yeah. with Sammy Guevara against Eric Shadows. And, and uh, I, this is this is this actually. Creates a moment where we deal with something that occurred on an earlier card that pissed me off, and this is one of those those moments where I go, "Look, this is bullshit. We need to fix this at, at the next show." And this is really one of those those occasions where we got to got to to spin uh, kind of a, a, a garbage moment in, into pure gold. I thought, yeah. Um, and uh, anyway just to kind of touch on what what occurred um we had a referee by the name of Thomas Muñoz and Thomas was a guy who you know not 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 the fastest fish in the barrel at times but he had a he had a match uh earlier I believe it was the uh, ladder match where yep. he 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 refereed where Sammy actually won the junior crown and Sammy spit in Thomas's face during the match and uh while this got Sammy over as a heel, I really felt like like Thomas ought to ought have gotten in his face. Yeah. He should have responded in some way, shape, or form. But instead, he just kind of shrank, which I didn't think spoke well of the referee's importance as an authority figure in the context of the match. Yes, it got Sammy over, but it also made Munoz look like shit, yeah. basically. He buried the refs. So, up next... We have the Inspire Pro Junior Crown title match where Sammy Guevara defe- uh, defeats Eric Shadows. Uh, a lot of stuff happens around this match. Now, um, this was a match where we continued to pave over something that occurred several shows back that pissed me off. This was this was to continue a good opportunity. We, we kind of glossed over on a few previous episodes. At, at an event several shows back, Sammy spit on a referee by the name of Thomas Munoz. And Thomas Munoz, at that point in time, I don't think he really had the confidence that was required in order to respond to that moment. Yes, it got Sammy over as a heel. People hated him already, but they hated him more after he spit on Thomas. Thomas didn't really respond and instead kind of shrunk and my concern initially was that it really made Thomas look weak as an authority figure in the context of our company. Yeah, it's
2: b- buried the refs in general.
0: Absolutely, made the refs look powerless. And so, it was at the the crowning match at, um, at in their blood where we had a repeat where I said, "No, I want I want Sammy to spit on Thomas again." But Thomas, this is what you're going to do. And in that match, uh, Sammy spits on Thomas. And Thomas snaps and spears Sammy, and it was probably the pop of the night. No shit. Like when Thomas speared Sammy, Sammy was so reviled by the crowd at that point that everybody went nuts, and there was a Thomas cheer, and I swear to God it was it was legit, the loudest pop of that night. And <clears throat> we address it because at that point, Thomas was training. And he had aspirations of growing beyond simply being a ref. He wanted to wrestle. And we thought that since he was starting to take work outside of our company as a wrestler, we would do something unique with him and have him work with Sammy. And uh, we kind of continue this storyline here where Thomas actually emerges from the crowd.
1: Well. Yeah, let's... I'm very much involved.
0: You are. You are <laughs> right? very much involved in this storyline. You and Sammy so, have
1: history in this company. So, at
2: this point, Sammy has quit the other company. So, we, we need to address that as well. Yeah. Um, so, and we've talked about... We're pivoting Greg Simons away from the role of the figurehead, authority figure, into a storyline. Um, so... I I have been part of the announcement for the NWA so we kind of used me as a de facto authority figure here so I basically come out and I tell um, Sammy that that type of behavior is not going to be acceptable and that he's incredibly talented but his ego will get in his way man like I got a crystal fucking ball <laughs> Right. Um, So, the precipice of this is so for for my character as far as an authority figure, I, I pull a lot from from Dana White, in that you're in charge of these larger than life fighters, right? But so Dana White has this weird bravado, but if anything ever went down, he'd probably get his ass kicked. And that's really what I pulled for on this like I have to be if you're in charge of this group, you have to be stern and there has to be that that side of it. but if anything actually went down, like I'd get my ass kicked, right so the uh the whole precipice is that I tell Sammy, hey, make your decision either ship out or sh- um, shape up or ship the fuck out and that I am gonna turn my back and that make your decision either let's do it now or you know. We're going to be good. So I turn my back. I do the good Raven pose because fucking, you know, I'm a mark and I have to get that in. <laughs> and um, nothing happens. So I turn over and I just kind of give him a smirk and, like, yeah, all right, we're on the same page. And as I go to leave the ring, he jumps me and beats my ass. There's a pool part. He comes up, knees me, knocks me out. So he has completely fucking obliterated me, right? The only offense I get in is as he first attacks me, I go for a double leg that I don't complete. Um, Right? Um, So, he's completely whipped my ass. He's on the floor. And now as he's on the floor, Thomas comes from the outside and spears him on the outside, which gets a huge reaction. I exit stage left. So, in this time, I have built up quite a bit of goodwill with the fans, and with that community. So to me, this was a good opportunity to use that goodwill to build some heat for Sammy. And then I exit stage left, all the attention goes to Thomas, right? So Thomas now it's Thomas and Sammy. We've shifted that spotlight.
0: I think one of the things that I was really focused on doing was taking things that would be challenging to get over. Thomas was really one of those guys. I was always like, I I, I really firmly felt that if I had been able to do the Papa Domino gimmick uh, with Yule, I could have had him be massively over state, like on a statewide level and beyond. And I felt like I could do the same thing with Thomas. It was always kind of the idea that I'm going to take this. This element that is unlikely and create something out of it create a moment out of it and we certainly did that here we really wanted uh we i had ideas for munoz yeah in fact most of the ideas that i had for munoz made people cringe but (laughs) whenever they got in front of a crowd and crowd got their eyes on them people went
2: nuts he he made them work and i took a lot of flack here for getting myself over right which Num- you, I number think one, you did. <laughs> number one, fuck you. Like the amount of money I was pouring in, if even if it was just to get myself over, then fuck you. I had paid for it. Uh, two, that's not what happened. I took an ass beating. And got the
0: fuck out of the way. At that point, everybody, everybody knew you. Yep. Everybody appreciated you. Everybody loved you. It, it, and so it was you taking a moment to kind of put yourself out there but you were used as a prop more than anything yep. you weren't out there like it's not like you went out there and stood toe-to-toe with wrestlers you didn't bury the workers no you're not a you're not like a non you're not like basically like a shane mcmahon <laughs> coming back at 52 dude, and beating doing dances 50. punches to people dude yeah. that, that's the thing is like you see a guy like shane he comes out and he's in his 50s and he's going toe-to-toe with these other athletes you've never put yourself in that position so to me you used yeah. yourself as a familiar object in the eyes of the fans, and you took a beating, and then you got out of the way, yeah, and then you totally, yeah. like, it, it
1: built it built this so, thing. So I say that because
2: following this, um, on the shows with Lance Hoyt, Hoyt has been building heat by bullying the ring announcer. Brandon Stroud. Uh, he's been using this tactic in other promotions, too. But this is... But we, but for,
1: the, for us, course. in yes. our
2: world, Brandon Stroud. Yeah. And... You know, Brandon's starting to address it, right? Like, hey, management doesn't really have my back when this happens. Hey yeah, it's uh it's kind of a logic hole. So yeah, we're we're kind of addressing this. But during this promo that is right after this
1: after Biscuits gets beat yeah. down, Brandon which, comes out, takes the mic, says... Yeah, which I'm not sure... Did we schedule... I, I don't even remember if we scheduled I'm this I'm sure now. we
0: did. We did schedule it because we were building on it. We were going yeah. to do something. And you got to... We also kind of have to address this. Yeah, but it drags
1: on. Yeah. And it starts with, well, I don't know whatever
2: that bullshit was. And watching it back back to back, that really pissed me off. Because it's really just shitting on the angle that we just did. Yeah, You know? Um, and like makes it very. He's like, well, I would love to to sit here and do a pro wrestling promo, but X Y Z, and it's just looking back on it, it really pissed me off Uh that he he really was trying to tank that angle, and I don't know if he did, but we go on for like ten minutes here to address the the Hoyt Brandon issue. And Brandon basically says, if you're going to kill me, just please come out and kill me and get
0: it over with. But he's saying this to Lance. Yes. And and we need to not... You're being very dismissive of an angle that we actually... Was very premeditated with Stroud and Hoyt. Because we really did have uh, lightning in a bottle there. While Hoyt was being shitty to other announcers, Brandon did respond well. Hoyt and he did have chemistry. He did interfere in the match with Hoyt and Dell. And we were really building toward something because yep. we really have to we really have to drive this home because there were things that we were not permitted to do because of Brandon's so-called not- notoriety he refused to do certain things and that yeah. was yet another massive crack that started to form with respect to our stuff we had some really good stuff that we're going to go into in terms of storyline with Hoyt and Stroud but yeah he did
2: yeah I he forgot did, about some of that yeah, stuff yeah
0: he did shit he did shit on what had just occurred instead yeah. of putting it over and that yeah. was that, that I remember at the time that I think I even said something to him about it yeah but yeah that
2: sucked yeah and and this this occurs obviously i'm I'm selling the segment that just happened so I didn't see this live yeah so it's without me in the building because I'm actually in the back so that it's just something that frustrated me and something that frustrated uh, the workers in this next match we had these two long segments, so it did kind of cool off the heat in the crowd. Um, And this was a match that both these guys were really looking forward to. And I see in practice uh, how it did it, uh, but both things were necessary. Yeah. Um, So we we come into Matthew Palmer versus Houston Carson, um, two guys that are on the very top of their game at this point, and uh, have really... uh, Really wanted to have a, a standout match here, right? And, and they did. If you go back and you watch this, it's a fucking banger. But the ingredients are there. It does. It just takes a little bit to get the crowd back after all the chaos and the chatter. Yeah. So this leads into um, Matthew Par Palmer and Houston Carson, who were really excited about this match. Uh, they put a lot of effort into planning this match. I know that they they were talking to each other beforehand. Uh, one of the side effects though was the two talking segments and just the chaos kind of took the crowd out of it for the the start and they had to work they had to work extremely hard to get the crowd back into it um
0: it's a little quiet yeah. but by the end of it the crowd is back they, they haven't the back we're back so the, you know we're back on on track
2: yeah so it is something that that i I do feel kind of kind of bad about these are two of the top guys right now um and to put them in that position I do feel kind of bad about but they're also two, pro, two extremely, extreme pros, and um, they pulled it off, man. They, they got the crowd back, and this match was incredible.
0: And, okay. <laughs> All right. You're, you, you can tackle this one. Oh,
2: man. Are you sure? Can we flip a coin for it?
0: No, so, man, because, you yeah. know, I mean, this was not. This is bottom bottom five for me, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I'm, that's not not any disrespect to either of the ladies. It just was not it wasn't what we thought of. No, <sighs> and that of course brings us to the next uh, singles match. Yeah, Leva Bates versus Paige Turner.
2: Yeah, and this is yeah in a weird way. Luckily, the peak of the Paige Turner and the bookmarks. There were some. Stuff. There were
0: some people that were very excited about this.
2: It just wasn't us. It wasn't no. what we we thought of for women's wrestling.
0: So I mean, I guess yeah. it, I guess it was fun to some people. Like the, I mean, like those fucking that mob of creepy dudes that were.
2: Oh, that just showed up for this show. What the
0: fuck? Yeah, yeah dude. They yeah they showed up and uh, oh. I'm having bad flashbacks <laughs> to. Uh, yeah having to be because we had to get we had to get Leva back to her hotel and so I had to endure listening to them. I had to sit in a, at a booth that was next to hers at at uh, ihop as they as they discussed her career and fawned all over her i yeah. you know what man I fucking hate women's wrestling fans fans that are exclusively male and dedicated to women's wrestling. I think that there's a pretty that's a it's a pretty creepy cover yeah you know what I mean? I don't think it, I, I think that you find a lot of other Strouds in that pocket.
2: Yeah,
1: that that side of it for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I
0: think that I'm not saying that everybody that loves women's wrestling is
1: is. There's definitely that subsect for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So
2: um, this was based around the fact that Page Turner didn't like comic books because they weren't real books, and Leva was a comic book character. Yeah. What? I I mean, sorry. Whatever, guys. man. Like I can't add more more spice yeah. to
1: this. Was what it was. Wasn't my jam. The, the age old dispute over so, real the, literature versus fuck comic me. Fuck. shoot not, me. That was just, fucking shoot yeah, me. Yeah. So. Logic! The other thing is that this show is going
2: extremely long at this yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, so we finish up with Barbie Hayden and Mia Yim. Which um, is a phenomenal. A really good. Beast of a match. Sprint of a match. Um, Barbie goes over. So Barbie, now in our company, has defeated Porsche Perez and Mia Yim, and I'm really trying to get her against some of the top, top names.
1: Yeah, um,
0: this is, this is, it. yeah, we're really shining up that belt, and Mia goes out there and just, oh my god, I, I was excited to have her in the company, and it was everything I wanted it to be. But this is one of those, again, it's, it's, uh, we're kind of alternating titles at this point, or that's at least the idea. We have Mike Dell with the Inspire Pro title. He, he'll headline one show, and then the next month we do an NWA world's, world's, uh, Women's World Defense. And
2: um, Yeah, and this, we've this got is, a good rotation.
0: Yeah, we're doing, we're doing stuff to really polish that belt up. In fact, I really need to drive home. We're investing in the NWA yeah. World Women's title. We are making it mean something, very directly, and, and in a way that you know she was. Barbie was defending it elsewhere with other people, but the matches weren't of the quality that the first two defenses that we hosted were. Yeah, and I'm just the, gonna flat out
2: say the defenses it. other places were not with the mindset of making it the top in-ring women's belt. Yeah, it was just hey.
0: If you go back and you watch those, the you watch uh, Barbie and Portia, and then Barbie and Mia we're already climbing a very steep hill and we're killing it We're, we're we're elevating it to a peak that's what we're going for or at least that's where we were headed
2: yep and speaking of where we're headed we're heading to relentless where we have built up the phenomenal main event of mike dell taking on the number one contender raymond Rowe, and man you know, it's it's built up. It's gonna be amazing.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see. Ya. We'll see. Ya on I can't the wait to side. see how this goes. Yeah. All right, guys. See you next week.